You're listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Adam Jocelyn. Am I usual or not? Yes. Brian McEvan. Hey, fellas. How's everybody going? Hey, hey. David Hall. Is everybody feeling dirty this week? Greg Hectus. I'm not answering that, David. Yeah. Kyle Pendygraft. I must have done something right. I'm back for round two. All right. And special guest, AJ Pritchett. Hey, everybody. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for coming. Well, this week we'll be inter- uh, welcoming another new member to the team as we introduce AJ Pritchett to the show. The Pro Invitational NASCAR is back this week, and we cover all the stories and much more. And remember, you can follow along with us on your mobile device real time as you listen to see for yourself all the great topics and products we'll discuss- be discussing by visiting iRacersLounge.com and selecting show notes. Hope to see you there. And we can't do it without GridFinder. They are our title sponsor. GridFinder is the home of online sim racing leagues. GridFinder is also a great resource to find paint designers and race commentators. Recently, they've been adding some great articles discussing various aspects of running leagues and sim racing in general. GridFinder is constantly adding helpful content and giving us all more reason to visit www.grid-finder.com. Visit them to find a league or to upload your own. GridFinder is the home of online sim racing leagues. GridFinder.com AJ Pritchett, thank you for coming on to the team and coming to the show. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm very excited to be here be part of the team and very excited to be part of this podcast okay well we want to get to know you a little bit and we'll ask you some questions i'm actually going to start with what i'm going to ask you what was the first question that i asked you oh man that's easy because i think you're the only person that's ever caught this uh you asked me am i named after aj foyt and the answer to that is yes (laughs) my uh my dad is from indiana He's a Hoosier, grew up in the uh, 60s and 70s, and uh, there's not much more to, you know, than to Indiana than racing, and uh, he was only about, you know, an hour from the track, so he didn't miss many races, and he was at AJ's fourth win, and so, yeah, I'm AJ. <laughs> but I was surprised I was the first one to ever ask you that, though. Yeah, I mean... I, I live in Illinois, you know, the suburbs of Chicago. Uh, just not, didn't grow up around many racing fans, I guess. Uh, I mean, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, I kind of put two and two together. I saw you, you go by AJ, but your real name was Anthony. And I'm thinking, oh, yeah, that's AJ Foyt, you know. And so I, that was, you know, I'm trying to figure out who you are. And that's one of the questions I asked. And uh, yeah, sure enough. Well, that alone tells you a lot about me because I'm a big IndyCar fan. I'm a big open wheel fan, uh, sprint cars, um, dirt racing. Um, and I grew up watching NASCAR, 
no doubt about that. Um, drifted off a little bit, but I'm definitely catching catching back now. Okay, so let's talk about iRacing specifically. Uh, when did you first hear that word, and then what did you do about it? Uh, well, I was familiar with iRacing probably for the last couple of years. It's been growing a lot, but um, I'm a product of the pandemic, and uh, I picked up a PC last March, and I just, I can't believe I didn't do it sooner. I mean, it is so much fun. It's so in-depth. There's there's so much to the game and to sim racing in general. Um, I, I just couldn't believe I didn't do it sooner. Yeah, I kind of felt the same way. I'm like, man, I should have been doing this my whole life. <laughs> yeah, it really doesn't compare to to game uh, to consoles. I mean, that's where I started. I had a wheel for a console and all that stuff. But uh, yeah, there's nothing comparing to PC. <laughs> Okay, so let's talk about what are you running, uh, what series, uh, official, um, what do you plan on running, that kind of thing? Yeah, so this year I've been running the Indy Pro. I think I mentioned I ran the F3 cars last year. I'm trying the Indy Pro cars. Having a hard time with that. <laughs> I'm missing the downforce of the F3 cars, um, but I'm doing that. I was running the Xfinity B-Class, but... I know you guys are big on the NIS series, and if I'm going to run an open or if I'm going to run a uh, an oval series, I'm going to join that with you guys. And I and I went ahead and uh, got in my first race this weekend. Okay, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, so uh, oval, a little bit of road, all that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, also, the Mazda cars, I kind of grew liking to those. I mean, it's definitely the beginner car but you can definitely catch some good racing if you get up front in those cars maybe not in the middle or the back but uh if you can get get past some of those guys get up front it's some it's some pretty good racing in those mazda cars okay so you're right at year one mark and i'm just going to look at your stats real quick i'm winning percentage on road 3.3 percent oval 5.8 dirt road 8.3 those are pretty good numbers actually Oh, thank you. Yeah, I the first thing I picked up on it was the dirt, and yeah, I I like the three hundred fives. The the sprint cars are are one of my favorite cars. Those are wicked fun. I, I right. like uh, you can you can get those pretty flat out at most of the tracks. So uh, <laughs> I'm still working on the three sixties though. <laughs> yeah, you just hold the gas down and turn the wheel, right? Real easy. And go straight. <laughs> All right, let's uh, talk about your setup. Uh, we actually posted a picture of your rig. I found. Um, tell us about your setup, your hardware, your software. What do you got? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, this was just a pre-built PC from, from Best Buy. I knew nothing about computers getting into it. So I went with them and I gotta be honest, it's done pretty well. Uh, I could use a new graphics card, but I almost think anybody could say that. Um, other than that, I just got the CSL Elite package from Fanatec. Uh, I did, I don't think you had it in that picture, but just recently I did get the McLaren, um, wheel. So that was, I think that's about it from the picture I'm seeing there, but, uh, but yeah. Okay. And just one widescreen monitor, any thought about going to VR? Uh, I think I might need a new graphics card for that, Right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I've got a list of things that I would like, and that's definitely on one of them. I, I've never messed with VR before, so it's definitely a jump I'd like to make. Okay, and you got that secondary monitor. What are you running over there during a race? Um, during a race, not too much, actually. Um, I have uh, a lot of overlays I run. Um, I run uh, Race Lab uh, overlays. So that gets you all, pretty much all the information I need on my main screen. The second one, 
I guess I just like having both, I guess, you know, the wide one is nice for gaming and racing. And then if you got a tab open or something, if I'm watching a race or if I've got something on there, that's where that'll go. Oh, you need a uh, Joel real timing over there on that other monitor. Uh, you'll love it. I, I can't let race without it now. What's that one called? Joel, like J O E L. Uh, okay. Yeah. It's called Joel uh, race timing or J R T. Um, it's a timing and scoring thing, but there's a lot of apps that do that, but it's nice to have a formula one style scoring grid as a, on a separate monitor that you can, uh, you know, examine and it gives you good information, especially as an oval driver, like, uh, you know, who pitted, who didn't, who might've taken two and who might've taken four and those kind of things. I definitely got to look into that. Yeah. I'd like to have something up there. Yeah, um, I definitely recommend that. All right, and um, so you came on the team to FOSI, and, and you'll be running NIS and various stuff with us, but uh, what else are you running besides uh, the official? Are you doing any leagues or any hosted? Uh, not at the moment. Um, I, I have ran in some Xfinity leagues before, um, but nothing at the moment. Okay, and um, as you... You know, come on with us. I mean, what are your goals for the rest of this spring and going into the summer and the rest of 2021? Well, I'm definitely trying to take some of these official uh, series seriously. Um, I like the aspect of the points that how iRacing does it and the and the divisions and the breakdown of all that. And um, I'm a big stat guy. Uh, I'm a big baseball fan. So stats are everything. And iRacing is loaded with stats. And so I, I like having the goals set like that. I've, I've got some some of those. I I think I mentioned the Indy Pro. I'm trying to see how high up in there I can get um, for my road. And then I don't, I don't really have much expectations for the NIS series. I'm going to give it my best um, and see how it goes. But... Uh, but I'm trying to focus on the road. And then the, the Mazda car, I'm trying to take that series too. I think a top five in the points is not is, is it's realistic in my opinion if i if i work hard to that that's something i think i could get to yeah absolutely so um next question what is your most memorable iRacing moment uh well i think it just came this last weekend um i don't know how you want to start this off but my my most memorable iRacing moment definitely came uh sunday night uh i i took i took home a win at atlanta so that's that's it right now that's the one. All right. Well, that's kind of neat uh, that you came on to the team. We got you in this NIS uh, fixed at Atlanta on your first start. And um, and you ran with us. And TeamSpeak, all of us were running. We're all kind of in different splits and different things. Um, you're, you're just running your race. I ran my race. I got done before yours was done. And so, of course, I joined to watch and spot the last few laps of your race. And... Um, got to watch you basically uh, win at Atlanta in NIS with a uh, replica of Harvick's first win, and it's your first win. It was a very eerie kind of thing. Uh, at the line with a .000 margin, it literally looked like it was tied on the timing and scoring, but it had you as first and him as second. How about that? I still can't believe it. Uh, <laughs> it was it – was so exciting that's one of those racing uh magical moments that you just i mean that's why we all do it that's why the real guys do it i mean just coming down to the line like that there's nothing more exhilarating um 
than that. I, I should mention, I should start by saying I purchased this car at like 12 o'clock that earlier that day. I think I put in maybe about 40 laps of practice just to see what the tires were doing. I, I'm not totally new to the oval scene. Obviously, I was talking about the Xfinity cars, but I'd never, you know, been in this and uh, I, I totally didn't see it coming. I just tried to get in the race join you guys talk to you guys and uh just tried to you know hold my own and yeah i i was fortunate to have you uh spot me those last few laps and get on there and i'm lucky to have you watching it and just be there with me yeah it was fun and uh you know i you were getting it done i was just kind of telling you what to do a little bit but uh basically just kind of astonished at what i was seeing and and it was like you against them they were uh you know nose to tail on the bottom and you're trying to keep your own on the outside and it worked out um you did the side draft part just perfectly and uh and it was really like a kevin harvick uh when he won that first win in his first start in the a in the a car and, and that's the other thing i mean it was literally your first you just bought the car i mean it was your first nis start it's atlanta you win at the line i mean everything matches up it, it couldn't have been much closer. Uh, and the funny thing about the Harvick thing is that's one of my first racing memories. I was watching that race as a kid. And uh, there's a Jeff Gordon car behind me saying, uh, so I guess you can probably figure out how I felt that day. I've got a big different feeling of, of that incident now. Um, I'll relate to Harvick a little more. But at the time, I remember as a kid, I, oh, man, I was sad and not understanding probably the whole Earnhardt situation at the time, you know, I was a Gordon fan, so I was upset. My guy didn't win, but I got a whole different perspective on that now. To AJ, make you feel any better, it took me five years to win my first A-car win on here. Oh, man. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it was uh, it was very cool, and I was really happy to be a part of it because um, I just loved, you know, spotting somebody to a win, and I was doing a little spot in there. I don't know if it was helpful or not, but... Um, it happened, and and whenever that happened, it was like a magical racing moment. I think is what I called it. And uh, and you know when I look back at my memorable moments, a lot of times it's when my teammates win, and this this certainly ranks up there, AJ. So well done. Thank you, thank you so much. And I'm gonna I'm still gonna give you credit because believe it or not, that last lap was my fastest lap of the race. I, I, how does how does it get more than that? <laughs> Well, I just had you up on the wheel. I mean, we did ultra focus and I would just, you know, you could hear the intensity I was bringing and you were bringing it too. And it just worked. <laughs> it did. It was just, just perfect. Yeah. Well, I'll have to try again. So if you're watching the live feed. You'll see my camera has fallen several times. We need to figure out a different method there, but well, AJ Pritchett, thank you for uh joining the team we're happy to have you i'm looking forward to racing you some more i think we need to go for two for two now and uh, try again so uh we'll we'll do that this week well thank you so much for having me uh even though i was talking a big game with the dirt i have not had a good time with this car on dirt so i don't know if that's gonna happen but uh thank you so much happy to be here <laughs> all right Still there. That's it. Roll him. That's it. Roll him on the outside. He's still there. You're up to P2. There you go. Hold your line. Bunch him up. Still there. You can bunch him down a little. 
Hold your line. There you go, there you go, there you go. Hold your line. What? Clear low. Perfect. Nice one, HF. Eat. Great win. You deserve that today. Fuck off the Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk topics. The first thing we have is some Coke news. Kligerman Sports tweeted a mic check segment, which uh, has the drivers Bob Bryant and Isaac Gans radio chatter with their spotters during the last week's Atlanta Coke Series race. Uh, neither one of them had a great race. I think 77 was caught up in some some pretty nasty stuff. He got rear-handed pretty hard, and uh, uh, you could tell at the end of the, the cut that the 44 wasn't terribly happy with his results either. Uh, but I think it's pretty clever that they go ahead and put out um, a their radio chatter on a disappointing day. It, it's nice to see that side of the of the adventure. Radioactive, but Kligerman style, right? It was cool because it had some insight about why uh, Isaac Gann had to pit um, because he was second, hunting down the leader. And he came on the pit road. And at, when, during the race, I don't think we really knew why. During, if you listen carefully during this, uh, he gets black flagged by iRacing for connection issues for blinking because he was ask he was like asking the spotter, well, how bad is it, you know? And it showed him blinking on the screen in the video, and then not long after, man, he got black flagged. So um, it's a it's a tough break for Isaac. He's a rookie, and he, man, you know, for him to be in contention to win, uh, yeah, he'll get him next time. We didn't have a Coke race, but we did have some Monday night racing, Brian. Yeah, so uh, Monday night was the uh, season finale of the Monday Night Racing League on uh, Podium Esports. Uh, and man, they pulled out all the stops and they brought back, this is the second time they've announced it, uh, Larry McReynolds and Darren Waltrip with Adam Alexander. So yeah, they brought out the big guns for this last uh, broadcast of the season for the Monday Night Racing League. And uh Man, it's so cool to have those guys announcing at all. You had to learn in iRacing. It's uh, you know you, you really miss those guys after they've been gone for a while. And, it's surreal, uh, man. It, exactly. It's like uh, a trip to down memory lane. Whenever you get those two talking, you know, company as a sponsor, and they had a different sponsor. And I bet you that these guys are getting paid. Uh, Daryl Waltrip, Larry McReynolds, Adam Alexander. They're not doing this just for fun. Uh, they're paying them. And there's definitely sponsorship. They were playing commercials, like proper commercials during the broadcast. This is really, uh, you know, a broadcaster, you know, taking it to the next level, a broadcaster and a league, you know, taking iRacing to the next level after the doors that, you know, the NASCAR um, thing that has opened up. It, it's really pretty interesting how it's worked out. And another thing that was really cool about that league was that, you know, they, they raced the trucks on Monday night, but they've been racing all kinds of weird combinations, tracks and, and vehicle combinations, which really made it very interesting. I remember what they have. Didn't they have the pro pro trucks at uh, Watkins Glen was one of the races. Uh, yeah. So they really, really mixed it up. Pretty cool. I enjoyed it. In fact, I spent my Monday night watching this um, and, and enjoying it. Now, the first part was interesting because there was a technical problem with Adam Alexander. And so James Pike, uh, as the 
he, I guess he was the backup or whatever. So he was doing play by play with uh, Larry and Daryl doing color. And I'm thinking, Pike, I, you know, buddy, I can't believe the opportunity you're getting. You know, you're a race announcer on iRacing. And here you are doing play by play with the best in the business. And uh, what a moment for, for just Pike in, in personally to be able to do that. Let's go on to the big story of the week, NASCAR Pro Invitational. And uh, so we're going to kind of go in chronological order. Um, it was going to, it showed on Fox Sports 1. It was a new Bristol track. Um, we got the, first of all, we got the logo, which is a uh, rebirth of last year's logo, which looks like triple monitors, but it has the Bristol dirt track across the triple monitors and the previous logo kind of in the center. What do you guys think of the logo? It's very meta. Are they going to change it next week? Because it's not dirt anymore? I'm sure they can change, they can put whatever they want in the background behind the actual logo for each race. Yeah, maybe that's the idea. Okay, and then Adam, next we heard about who might be uh, coming in that's actually not a cup driver. Uh, I'm lost. Hold on. Yeah, someone take it for me. I'm lost. Well, it was uh, Clint Boyer and uh, Joey Logano are announced as they're going to be the in-car reporter guys, so to speak. Um, so they were going to be in the Fox Sports uh, studio. They have a couple Sims in there. And so Clint Boyer, who's not a current driver, was definitely going to be on the driver list. Yes, yeah, I, so, I saw that last night. Um, Clint didn't make the, the race, but Joey did. Joey did pretty good, but Clint was a bit of a, a hazard. Next up, uh, Kyle. Uh, it looks like uh, Jenna Fryer posted on Twitter um, a picture of the Kyle Larson drive for five car, uh, which he made his return into the Pro Invitational series on iRacing. Or was it on the Pro Invitational? Was he in? I don't remember. He was there. Yeah, he did yeah. pretty good. Okay, I can't remember for sure. Um, slick looking little, just almost a white out car with just a little hint of a purplish blue at the bottom. It looks really good. I like it. I think going into this week, we weren't really sure if Kyle Larson was going to be a part of it or not. You know, at least I didn't think so. I mean, what did you guys think? Were you surprised that Kyle is back in it? He's done his time. There's no need to worry about. He's. I think he's perfectly fine. Everybody gets a second chance in iRacing. Why can't he? Right. Yeah, and, and he's sporting these um, causes that he has on his car that are, are, are causes that he supported during his suspension last year so it kind of ties in with with some of the uh some of the rehab work that he did over this past season while he was um while he was in suspension and just carried over i think it was fine okay and then the driver list finally leaked out aj yeah the uh driver list here uh looked like uh we had boyer we had dale jr was there which i don't think they talked about him enough uh i don't know if that was a shade to some NBC broadcasters or not, but I feel like they didn't talk about Junior enough. Um, and it's iRacing. How do you not talk about Junior? Um, I think, say, Cindric was there, but uh, let's see here, Harvick, Kozlowski, and Timmy Hill. Timmy Hill, didn't he get in? Was he there? Well, see, that's the whole uh, story. So it started okay. with uh, he was out. So Harvick, Kozlowski, and Timmy Hill were out, but in were Boyer, Dale Jr., and Cindric. Now, other than that, it's the regular crowd of cup drivers. And so Harvick, I don't know what the situation there was, but he just didn't want to do it, I presume. 
Keselowski, same thing, but he was going to let Cindric take his car and run his discount tire paint. And then they left Timmy Hill out. And the rumor is Fox was the one who made the final decision on the driver list. And it was also based on if you had one of those uh, NASCAR uh, owner things. What are they, provisionals or what are they? Charter. What are they? Charters, right. And apparently Timmy Hill's not a charter team. So that's got to be the power of social media, right? I mean, I definitely saw the Twitter and social media blowing up trying to get Timmy Hill in that race. And uh, uh, glad glad to see it did something in the good <laughs> this time. Well, let's talk about the cancel culture, Twitter rage. Uh, you know, Tim, Timmy Hill twi- tweeted out his disappointment not being invited um, despite competing in every cup race the last two seasons. He's a full-time cup driver. And uh, the NASCAR media picked up on it quick and went after uh, this because they have nothing better to talk about. I mean, real NASCAR doesn't have any stories for them to cover. So uh, middle of the week, they uh, they love stuff like this. So Jenna Fryer was all over it. Um, and Nate Ryan as well. Uh, he Nate Ryan said, um, sim racing controversies are assuredly some of racing's most stupid controversies, and they often seem largely self-inflicted. If a guy won in the iRacing Pro Series last season and runs Cup Weekly, he should have a slot. This isn't hard. Yeah, and this is almost really the opposite of cancel culture, right? This was like, what, this is kind of uncanceled culture in a way. Uh, we got some more guys that chimed in in the NASCAR media world. The Godfather instead of the podfather, but the actual godfather, Dave Moody chimed in um, and says, who cares how many people compete? Let Timmy in. Matt Weaver chimed in. That, uh, I'm not going to read out every tr- uh, tweet individually. Then we also had uh, another t- tweet from Jenna Fryer. Yeah, hers was uh, pointing out the fact that uh, they even have Timmy's face and name on the promotional graphic for the race (laughs) because they list out last year's winners and of course he won at texas and justin malillo also chimed in showing that that timmy was trending with uh seven thousand tweets hashtag let timmy race yeah was uh trending on twitter uh nascar fans were all over this people uh what do you guys think is this good for iRacing good or bad I mean, when it was going down the first day, it looked bad on NASCAR and iRacing, and a lot of people on Twitter were saying just that. But uh, at the end of the day, they ended up adding him to the race. We'll talk about that next. It's bad, but at the end of the day, it'll be forgotten when the next thing that pisses everybody off comes up. You know, it's, it's the outrage of the day. So, Brian, let's talk about the next day. Uh, everyone went to bed mad about it the night before. Right, so at uh, 9.45 a.m. in the morning, Austin Cedric, who, again, who was going to be filling in for Brad Kozlowski in the number two car, he sent out the tweet in the morning that, you know, he's got some big shoes to fill subbing in for Brad, you know, and uh, he basically said he thinks Timmy Hill would be the man for the job. So, uh, and asked what everybody thinks about him uh, filling in for, for, um, for himself, really in place of Brad Kozlowski. So, and then sure enough, uh, just a couple hours later, um, Team Penske along and NASCAR both posted tweets saying, yep, it's official. Timmy Hill will be in the number two car in the pro invitational race. 
So, uh, yeah, that was pretty cool of Austin Cedric. It, it, it made it sound like he kind of he bowed out in in lieu of uh, Timmy Hill to get him in the race. Everybody was clamoring for him. And, uh, you know, Austin Cedric, that would have been a, you know, a pretty big deal for him to race with those guys. But I think it sounded like he it sounded like he um, stepped aside in a pretty classy move. Big time. I think Austin gained a ton, a ton of respect from a lot of fans and, and on Twitter where they were all over it, that he even did that. And um, especially when, with him, he, he's good on iRacing guys and he can get it done and he has a good chance of winning these races. So for him to step aside for it now, a, a lot of the discussion was, well, Timmy Hill wants to bring his MB Motorsports sponsors into the iRace uh, because, you know, they've been talking this up with them and uh, he wasn't able to. He had to run the Penske colors and run the discount tire. And it's kind of funny that, you know, we're talking about iRacing, but and all these sponsorship and different paints, uh, it matters. <laughs> That's uh, Roger Penske for you. Yeah. But, well, we uh, have- yeah, one of the things was Drew Adamson didn't have the right paints uh, loaded and they had tested it and um, they weren't prepared for Timmy Hill and his paint. Well, I guess we'll go on to the next thing here. I guess take advantage of who actually won the event. Uh, and uh, what a surprise. William Byron on uh, iRacing takes home the checkered flag at Bristol in the first uh, Pro Invitational Series race and uh, uh, doing a hell of a job of that. Wow. Well done. I mean, William's won the most of these so far, and he's definitely the, the guy to beat um, no matter what kind of track they go to, it seems like. Well, he won the same event last year on the concrete. He's got some good help. I understand Logan Clampett and uh, Nick Ottinger have been in his ear, um, you know, helping this week. So it turns out Bob Pockers was asked on Twitter if there was going to be any uh, prize money for winning the Pro Invitational at Bristol, which he replied to no, that there wasn't, and uh, was curious if there was any donations to charity, but there was nothing set up. For it, uh, iRacing actually came through and gave the winner, which William B, $5,000 for winning, which he stated he was donating to a charity, which I think is awesome not to keep it for himself and to give it to those who need it. I think they're giving the five grand, but they have to give it to charity. That's the idea of it. Oh, uh, was it the idea behind it? Yep. And I think I saw a tweet uh, from Steve Myers directly to William Byron asking which charity he wanted to cut the check to. So. What do you think of the race, though? Uh, I enjoyed it. Uh, it was pretty crazy out there, especially in those heats, guys, as they were uh, racing for the cutoff. And uh, the broadcast was fun, too, with Mike Joy and Clint Boyer, Jeff Gordon. Um, it was really – I was entertained. I definitely thought it was uh, fun. I was definitely entertained, and I wish that they would implement those heat races into – what we're doing um, in the NIS in the NIS series, uh, 125 laps or something like that is is a lot. Uh, splitting them up a little bit and knocking some people out and getting the good guys up front. I I think that would be nice if we could be able to do that too. Great idea. It, it was a cleaner race than I thought it was going to be. The I thought there was going to be a caution every other lap, but it was actually pretty entertaining. It it was pretty clean and it was clean until it wasn't, and when it wasn't. Oh man, it was like a junkyard in some in straights. <laughs> Quinhoff did Quinhoff things as usual. <laughs> Park break. 
So what about the resets? Any uh, regrets there that they had two of them? Yeah, I think they should just get rid of those. Yeah, I don't see why they keep them things. It's It doesn't promote good racing, for one. Um, you know, I know I, I realize it probably keeps some of the guys on the track longer, you know, to keep their sponsors out there and whatnot. But I don't know. It's, I don't think it – I think it keeps – keeps guys from driving as as clean as they might otherwise. Yeah, I agree with that. I I mean, is there maybe room for, you know, how, what about one, you know, not two? Is that maybe up for discussion? I mean, I think maybe one strike, but after that, you know, what you do is what you do. And I got to give a shout out to Fox. Um, they had cameras on most of the drivers um, where you could see them, their face, their, them driving in their sim. Um, as they covered the race and that really helped a lot and they had a they had a camera crew at Denny Hamlin's house and they had her daughter his daughter acting like a you know a a pit road reporter kind of thing and that was cute and yeah and uh, I think Mikey missed the message again (laughs) he was at the real Bristol (laughs) oh that's funny yeah Michael Waltrip yeah yeah yeah, Mikey was uh, at the real Bristol, um, and they were talking to him through there. And yeah, no one was there. And the national anthem and the prayer and all that stuff before the race—that uh, was really nice. It was done tastefully and look and went well. Definitely makes it feel more real, right? It is. I mean, I you know you get all these NASCAR drivers doing it. I mean, the crossover is real, David. I think you said that this week. It is, you know, is iRacing leading NASCAR or is NASCAR leading iRacing? It's going both ways. I don't remember saying that. <laughs> it's been a long week. Okay, Greg. Someone else want to take this for a sec? Yeah, I got it. It's iRacing videos and fun. But basically, iRacing put out two videos this week. Uh, one is basically the commercial for dirt racing. And uh, I call it a commercial because it's kind of the way it plays out, you know, fast music lots of action uh definitely makes you want to get in these cars and try it out especially uh this week with uh, everything going on with bristol that's definitely one of the coolest iRacing videos i've ever seen those all the dirt cars and everything and you're jogging my memory a little bit here that i think seeing the dirt on iRacing was like a big clincher for me to to go ahead and get it just because uh, there, there just wasn't any game out there for it. Uh, I mean, I know Tony's got a game out there, but uh, I'm not going to bring that up. I shouldn't have already brought that up. <laughs> I think it's it's smart advertising to you know put this out the week that you know, they're going to go down and race dirt. You know, um, people are going. You know, it's like when you say, Mike, when you watch some of the some of the races get you amped up. Um, you know, this will make somebody think, oh, they got dirt racing and I racing. Well, why not try the three-month trial and go and race some dirt for a bit? Yeah, and they tie it in with the world of outlaws, too. You know, you can be in the world of outlaws kind of thing. The next one was Dave Cam doing Carb Cup at Talladega. Um, so uh, previous guest on the podcast, Dave Cam, uh, shows us his onboard as he uh, navigates through Carb Cup at Talladega. And I got to tell you, uh, Dave has some chops. Um I was impressed. He, he knows how to not bind up the car and not to slow down just because he catches somebody. He just went around them. And he did really well uh, carving his way through the field early. And uh, kudos, Dave. That camera's cool. I, I think I could do the same thing. It's with the GoPro, and i got about six of them sitting next to me. Maybe I'll do that. When you look at it, 
really does remind you like he's sitting in his in a cockpit of an actual car the way that that wraps around perfectly yeah i thought the same thing when i was watching that Greg. he's got the monitor set up really well to make it look like he's actually inside his car it's it's a it's a well 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 conceived and uh, set up there like it even looks like his dash is like it's like perfectly right where his wheel like his it's it's what, what do you call it, Mike? The perfect field of view? Yep. I yeah, if you didn't know any shot. better. Yeah, if you didn't know any better, you would think that you're watching an inside of an actual car. Except that he's... So the next one was my favorite of the week, and it was iRacing put up a just simple tweet, just a few words. It says, show me your favorite iRacing meme. And uh, the replies were pretty good. And I jumped in myself. I actually put up all my best ones I had. About four or five of them. And I got quite a few likes on uh, some of them. I didn't get the record, though, but I think one of mine got 27. Another one got 30 likes. What was your favorite? I mean, the one with the uh, the gamers coming out after quarantine where the guy's taking his headset off and he's got a dent in his head. That one's pretty good. Nobody else has any favorites? I know Mike was dropping them in the chats all the time. Oh yeah, I was I was laughing at some of these. Well, I'm I'm looking for one of my favorites. I don't see it, but the uh, Johnny Knoxville one, um, where you know the guy in the message says, "Hey everybody, good luck. Let's have a clean race." And then it's the Johnny Knoxville. Welcome to Jackass. <laughs> and then there's the iRacing butthurt report, and it's and it's like a, a report you fill out the date of hurt, what time, what caused your butt hurt, and it has check marks. <laughs> I lost. I got wrecked. I wrecked myself. Someone said something unkind. I need to pass those out about every A-class race there is. Or I got one of mine uh, got got 10 likes. It says, what did you do, Dad, during the coronavirus? And he says, I got drunk and practiced sim racing. And the kid says, legend. Okay, enough fun. Moving on. David Hall, season two, patch one, hot fix one. It's kind of funny that you say hotfix, because if you're watching live, my camera's been on the fritz. I just figured out my tablet was uh, not connected to my Wi-Fi, but I got that sorted. Here's the things that iRacing got sorted. Uh, there's some, they tried to fix an issue where it should no longer be popping up the UI uh, during a sim session with a login prompt. They did something in the paint shop where it will automatically check and see if a paint file has been updated especially in cases where they weren't before. Uh, there's some changes. Fix an issue where the caution period begins while the leader is in pit lane. Yeah, They're paying attention to cautions, at least on that. Um, a lot of fixes to the tire pressures on dirt racing. They made some changes to the dirt model, but to make sure it's not, that it's uh, they're not completely sure it's all right, they're still taking it off of the Arca Impala the damage model. Yeah, the new damage model. The Arca Impala, the 287 cars, and the street stock. Looks like they did some animation tweaks. And then there's a lot of little things with setups adjusted on several of the cars. Yeah, hot fix. And another big race this weekend, Brian. Yeah, guys. So uh, this weekend is the 12 hours of Seabing. Um, so uh, Greg West, he dropped the details on the forum. <clears throat> And here they are. So uh, there's going to be four different time slots. Uh, Friday, these are 
GMT times, uh, Friday at 2200 hours, uh, Saturday 7 uh, GMT, Saturday at 12 GMT, and Saturday at 1600 GMT times. So those are going to be the times. Um, and then uh, so your license is the same as it has been for the other uh, endurance events. It's a D4.0 license. Um, the sim date is going to be March 27th. Session start time is going to be 9.20 a.m. So you're not going to be starting in the dark like we did at Bathurst. Who's running? So, uh, yeah, yeah, so, uh, who is running Dave? that? Not me. I'm on dad duty this weekend. That would be David and myself and uh, Richie Hearn. Yep, I've run quite a few uh, IMSAs just to kind of get ready for it in that in that 217 car. That Richie prefers that car, so we're running it. Uh, so four hours each? Yeah, I guess so. Um, we got a rotation. Pretty much it's going to be me, Geg, and then Richie. What about Tom? I don't think he's available. Oh. He's working a lot now. He hasn't been able to done a, do very many endurance races. I think it's pretty freaking cool you guys are racing with Richie Hearn. He's one of my cart heroes from the cart days. Well, we have uh, some big shoes to fill from the uh, last major endurance with the uh, the LMP2. Well, if y'all looking for a filler, let me know. Kyle, yeah, we'll have to get you involved in these group events for sure now that you're yeah. with us. I enjoy those endurance races. You just became David's best friend. Yep. Watch <laughs> out. I need a 919 teammate. Get, learn that car. Get that LM, Get some experience in that LMP one, and we'll be we'll be golden. All right. Better learn how to pull up that stream. Okay. Next up, uh, a sad story. Rest in peace, John King. Uh, Michael Lett from the Major Series regrettedly posted in the forums the sad news of the passing of Black Adder team owner John King after battling brain cancer. He was a passionate driver, team builder, and mentor to his fellow friends and iRacers. And uh, I don't personally know John King, but based on what I've seen in the forums and so forth, uh, he's touched a lot of people and he's been around uh, quite a bit. I just joined the majors last year, so I didn't really get to know him, but he was fun he was already serving as one of the competition committee at that point. And particularly when we, I remember last year when we were doing the Daytona 24, he was creating a lot of replays at, and wiping out uh, all the paints where you couldn't tell who was who and then making a judgment on the replay just to kind of give everybody a some whodunit learning experiences without calling a specific person out. That, that, was, the, that was the main memory I actually had of him was, was going through and doing all that. Yeah, Christian Schalliner also posted in the forums, who's a staff member. Um, he's known John for quite some time and uh, has kind of come up uh, in iRacing with him around. So kind of neat to hear these, uh, read these thoughts about the guy. Sounds like uh, he was great. Yeah, um, apparently he used to be a driving instructor and uh, and just, just was a big motorsports fan. And it all carried over to iRacing when he got into iRacing as a car owner, I mean, a team owner and uh, helping people mentor and learning how to iRace. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a big loss. All right. Well, we'll move on here. Um, topic on this one is someone has raced as me. Um, never thought I would actually read something about this or hear anything about this. Uh, Simon Butler from UK noticed one day that his iRating had dropped, even though <clears throat> he hadn't raced. He checked his results and found that he had results in races while he was at work. He wondered if someone had used his login to race 
<clears throat> and contacted iRacing staffer Jason Breifogel. Uh, did some research and found that the questioned races were indeed from a different IP address. I didn't think this would be possible, but I guess if someone got a hold of your login information, they could do it. Yeah, it was a different IP address 20 minutes away in a different town uh, from where he lives. And so there's tons of speculation on the forum about how this could happen. Oh, you you were racing at a buddy's house and you forgot to log out and or something like that, you know. And um, I think at one point the op, uh, the guy in question, actually put in uh, here on the thread, iRacing, please suspend my account so it doesn't, so I don't lose any more iRating until this is sorted. And they actually suspended him per his request uh, until this is sorted out. But it also brought up another thing that um, one of the staff members pointed out. You can actually click on connections in the new UI. There's a thing called connections and see where you are logged in at and actually log those people out. And I think that's what they did uh, before they did the suspend thing. My question is, is his luck couldn't be any worse. He couldn't get a guy that had talent and got his eye rating to go up instead of down. Right. <laughs> Not only that, if, if you're racing under somebody else's um, uh, ID, man, you can do all kinds of things that would get you suspended, you know, not worry about it. I think David races with all those guys, little guys that have, have other people running their accounts. Yeah, I found what it says here. Jason Bryfogle from staff says, we did get enough people involved to figure out the unauthorized IP was using the UI and not the member site and to kick both the UI connection and their credentials from starting new sessions. It seems, it seems kind of odd that, you know, he wound up being so close to uh, Simon. You know, 20 minutes away, you know, out of all the people who run iRacing seems very coincidental. Well, that's why there was so much talk in the thread. I mean, there's over 10 pages of uh, speculation, really, about how this could happen. I, I can't imagine if not being a friend, you know, that's so close. But then again, when you go to iRacing and say, suspend my account, you're not messing around. You're serious. Right. So This is, this is crazy. <laughs> Some of, some of the other things people were asking that was kind of funny is like, uh, you know, do you have kids that maybe kids are doing it while you're gone? Maybe your wife is iRacing while you're not around. Who knows? And that person probably has their own iRacing account. So that's got to be a ban for that person at that location. Okay, so that brings up a question. Can't iRacing see that? Yeah, they can. They know. They know what. I, unless you're VPN guarding everything, they know. They know where you're racing from all the time. So let's pair up those IP addresses. I mean, if if there's one that's already accounted for at that location. Yeah, it's yeah. fascinating to read some of the stuff, uh, speculation, different ideas. So AJ, tell us a little bit about uh, some of the Porsche. Sure thing. We got some Porsche news. Uh, Porsche Motorsto uh, Motorsports posted a tweet letting fans of the Porsche All-Star Race that you can vote for which car they will race in the final Monza between the Cayman GT4 Club Sport, the 911 RSR, or the 911 GT3 Cup car. So that'll be interesting to see. Uh, I think they've been they've been running the GT3 Cup car. Cayman. Ah, okay. Yep, I knew it. So so yeah, they've been running the running the Cayman. So you got to imagine uh they're going to be voted for something different right i would personally they run the 911 too much with 
those series. I'd really like to see the 911 RSR and not the Cup one because the RSR is an awesome car. Yeah, the RS uh, the RSR is phenomenal. I love it. I'm thinking, what's the advantage though? Among there's got to be an advantage in one over the other. Well, the RSR has got a lot of grip. It is a looser car than all the other GTE cars, but it's other than those other two portions, the 919 GT3 car is very, very tail happy. And you got to be a certain, you know, I'm, all the guys, that, everyone that competes in that series is talented enough to drive it. I just would like to see them in a higher horsepower, faster car. Okay. Next is the IndyCar Racing Series for 2021 has been announced by Greg West in the forums. It is a, we'll follow closely follow the actual 2021 IndyCar series. And it's like an NIS, but it's IndyCar. So they only run uh, five time slots per week, uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Those are GMT, though. But uh, the, it's the same idea where it's limited time slots. It's not like every hour or every two hours or something like that. Would we be able to get setups to be able to run this? Because this looks pretty fun. Yeah, their VRS usually puts out stuff, and I'm sure there's, uh, I'm sure what um, was the Craig setup shop, the other one that we use. But uh, I ran this series last year. It's really fun to do. I kind of trailed off near the end, but I like the. I wish we had more of the tracks, but it'll do with what we got. So two ovals and thirteen road courses. Yeah, and it's there's some really high class guys that race in that lap. From what I was remember last year so i can't wait to get uh, back i was asking about this the other i think i asked about this like two weeks ago on the podcast um if we had seen it and now it's finally getting announced because i guess their season starts in april got f1 starting this weekend you got indycar starting up nascar's flying through their schedule yeah april 12th is uh when we're starting up um and that's going to be the barber motorsports Next week, Sebring, and then Texas, Indy Road, Indy Oval, which will be May 24th, so that's Memorial Day weekend. Yeah, we should definitely try and put something together around that. So the Indy 500, I take it, is part of this this series. And so if you run the Indy 500, you're running the series. So if you want to make a run for points, you got to run them all, right? See, I think if we start out right from the start of the season there, Adam, we'll have like a better advantage going into the Indy 500 too. Usually we just run the Indy 500 and kind of adapt during the race. It'll be interesting to just drive these cars around for a bit and then be running in the 500 with some experience in them. Uh, I don't think the Indy 500 is part of this series because the the race is only 150 laps and the real Indy 500 is what, 200? Yeah, so what they're doing is like the NIS is doing. So the Indy 500 will be a separate race totally from this. Yeah, special. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because it has a separate qualifying setup and everything. Oh, that's true. Four laps. Isn't it? Yeah, but it's also, uh, you can do multiple qualifyings for like the whole week, can't you? Yeah. it's It has qualifying sessions where you run four laps at a time. And I think the splits, I don't remember if the splits were done just by qualifying last time or not. Yes, it was qualifying time, if I remember correctly. And if you want to see how much that race means to someone, go look at Jimmy Broadbent. He got that big W last year, I think, wasn't it? I have two. I have two seconds. The last two years. The question is, though, that he did he call his win before he got it? I know the guy up above me did. <laughs> so what's the big surprise this week, David? 
Well, we're going to Sweet Home Chicago. Uh, they're going to do a road course there. Or no, a street course, right? Yes, it's a good song, isn't it, Adam? I see him shaking his head. He can hear this song in his head. Oh, nope, I ain't going back to that place. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. Adam's Navy, and, and and that's where they have basic. And you don't want to go to basic there in the winter. Oof. Yeah, or school, like I did. It was awful. Um, but yeah, they've, uh, they're actually working with the city of Chicago, who's actually letting them scan the streets um, and planning out a street course that's going to be run, I guess, in iRacing first, because it should be out by the end of season two. I, I can't imagine a cup car in the streets of Chicago. I mean, it's it's going to be fun, I'm sure, for us. But for someone who's driven down those roads <laughs> in a normal car with all the traffic and the potholes and what, I think it took them probably 20, 30 years to, to fix the roads to be good enough to what iRacing could scan because they they're so beat up. Chicago is one of those cities where if you don't speed 20 miles over, you get run over. Well, and... I don't know about you guys, but this is totally out of left field. Nobody saw this coming, did we? No, I had no clue. I actually I figured to see with... the big the big museum bean thing. That'd be cool. Well, it, and it actually the surprise didn't get dropped by by iRacing. It got dropped by NASCAR. They actually showed a hot lap of it on the NASCAR website, and that's what started to draw the attention. Is it just kind of went viral? That first one that we were you were posting there last night, Mike. That was like it looked like it didn't have all the Everything wasn't rendered. It was obviously in a progress still. Yeah, this is a tech track, kind of like Long Beach was for the longest time. So it's not going to be a finished track. They're, the NASCAR guys are going to run it on the fifth race of the Pro Invitational. So it's got to be ready by then. It basically looks like they've done the silhouette of the city in the background. It's not. It's obviously very little, little detail, but just just watching this car go around this track, does it not look like it has no grip at all? Like it looks like it's running on hard rock tires. Brian, tell us why this is happening. Yeah, this came from Adams Adam Stern, and he he remembered a a report from the Sports Business Journal that they that uh, announced in February of two thousand and two. So uh, over a year ago, that NASCAR, they were having discussions about holding a possible real life street race around either Chicago or Los Angeles, and. Uh, they speculated that the Chicago street course that they just announced uh, may actually be an experiment in furthering this, the discussion about whether NASCAR might do a street race in Chicago or Los Angeles. It looks like Chicago uh, took the lead in that with the release of this uh, this road course, a street course. I, I can't imagine NASCAR not being totally um, involved and in, and. In- using this as possible future plans. I know people in Chicago, um, or there's been talk about street uh, uh, road uh, course there in Chicago, but I, I hate to see this when you when you didn't take care of Joliet. I mean, I, I liked going to Joliet back uh, in the early 2000s, but I think they're substituting that, getting rid of that, and we're heading to the big time, big city. Yeah, well, Joliet, wasn't gonna if, if real estate was more prime there there was no way that that track was ever gonna survive um chicago was one of the best tracks i i thought just because of the unique backstretch were being uh curved but i was wondering when that what would be the first city that they would try and do a street course for nascar if it actually does happen if they were going to actually do one that already existed like i mean you got plenty to choose from the they they race at there's some races at 
IndyCar wise. So I don't understand why they're stepping out of bounds a whole new way, but I got a it's Detroit exciting. Toronto or something, you know? Well, they want the Chicago market. That's why they're going there. Right. Yeah, without being in Joliet. So if you look at the renders that Adam Stern posted, man, the one of the city from the Blint view, it's actually done pretty. I mean, it looks like it's fairly complete along Lakeside anyway. That's pretty. It's pretty impressive. I, I tell you that it's it's pretty accurate too. I, it looks good. So we're we gonna get to buy this. Well, um, actually, that was the question that was brought up in the iRacing forums. Uh, it was asked if it was gonna be you know open to the general public or if it was just gonna be kind of a uh, a one off, you know, basically to iRacing only. And uh, they actually stated that they are actually going to release it to the public. Uh, I guess once they have kind of somewhat finalized it. Um, like it was said, it might just kind of be a, um, oh, I'm sorry, what'd you call that again? Type of track? Tech for track. The, uh, tech track, yeah. It's going to be a tech track. Uh, it may eventually actually become a full-on sim track. I'm not too sure what's going to go on there yet. I guess we'll find out in the near future. Yeah, it's some interesting uh, input there from, uh, I think it was Steve Byers. Uh, there's a quote here. I'm going to read it. It says, and this is a very different project than Monaco. The vast majority of the track is on the lakeside of the park. Yes, we're going to have to model some of the city, but not as much as a track more centrally, centrally located in a city. When it is done, it's going to be beautiful. The parks are going to be gorgeous, and there will be an iconic shot at the start-finish line with the fountain in the back. So I guess they're just not as much of a, tra a traffic disruption scanning there versus right in the middle of Monaco? Monaco has elevation. It's got the lake, the boats, and everything else. I think we've discussed this already. Uh, Monaco is a pretty busy uh, city. When they do the F1 race there, they open it up, race on the track, let everybody drive around in the middle of the night when they're not racing on the practice on the weekend, and then shut it down to race, and then it's back open again. So they just, I don't think there's any time. I think Monaco's, Monaco's a good. Uh, a good bet if they're going to do Monaco, it's probably going to be the same way they did Hockenheim. Buy the buy something that was already scanned. It is probably the best way, and then try and try and do some stuff with some photography to fill it in. Okay, next up, an article at HendrickMotorsports.com about the crew chiefs at Hendricks um, using iRacing Bristol dirt to prepare for this Sunday's event uh, with NASCAR. And um, there's some quotes here. Uh, from the crew chiefs, I'm going to read a couple here. Um, Greg Ives, who's the crew chief for the 48, said, iRacing is a huge tool for us as engineers and crew chiefs for us to understand what we may be challenged with. We, we try to set up changes here and there. It doesn't technically correlate 100%, but it does give you a general idea of what changes may do. You wonder if they're using programs like MoTeC to see how the car responds and because obviously the tracks scanned for it well actually i guess i guess bristol was never actually scanned for the dirt they're just scanned for the other part it wasn't it so it'd be hard to use some data like that to do it i i, I don't understand where how they're using iRacing completely to to actually get a accurate assessment of it Alan Gustafson, uh, crew chief on the nine, said, iRacing does an amazing job. It's probably the best information we have right now, to be honest. Which which might just be 
the lack of information they have in general. But I'm sure I'm sure it still helps quite a bit. Well, the Pro Invitational is not the only Pro Series that's going to be out there. We've also got the IMSA iRacing Pro Series. Uh, it's returning uh, in April. We got a tweet from IMSA. And um, this is a neat series to watch, though. I'm, I really wish they would multi-class it instead of sticking everybody in GTEs. It just it doesn't feel like IMSA without having the multi-class element. David, doesn't this picture look a little inaccurate to you? I don't, I don't know what you mean. Why is the Ford GT in there? Yeah, I was going to say, why is the Ford GT in the picture? That's probably from last year. <laughs> You'd think they'd get a better photo. But, hey, anyways, this yeah, I agree with you, David. I would love to see how pros would handle multi-class racing with the, you know, have the LMP2, have, like, do the IMSA rules. Um, even if it was just the LMP2s and the GTEs, you don't have to have the GT3s, but... I think it would just be awesome to have all these, uh, like even if you did uh, the pros and the uh, GTEs and the LMP2s, and then say they had a celebrity crew of GT3s, right? Or you could run dual races and have everybody flip-flop. True. So I think it's cool. NASCAR announced, you know, they're going to use iRacing. Uh, IndyCar, now IMSA. It's, it's really nice to see that, you know, all these three major series who did this last year during the pandemic are coming back to do it again. And it's not really because of the pandemic this time. It's because it makes sense business-wise um, to do it. And, um, and that's good because maybe this is here to stay. Yeah, they're definitely realizing with the influx of people from last year, uh, even if not all of them stick around iRacing. You're going to have people like me who fell in love with it, wishing they did it sooner, and, and now you're hooked. Well, and that's probably the IMSA series, probably what the biggest road series in iRacing, hands down, no matter what, besides like any of the rookie racing. Yeah, yeah. if you judge by those uh, special events and all, they've been getting, they've been killing it with participation. But even David, like even we average, like there's probably like 200 plus at every time the at least maybe 100, 150 people enter every IMSA event you can possibly go at every, what, every two hours. In American prime time, it's usually around 100, 150. Uh, I ran one right before recording the show after getting knocked out of, or out of, well, actually, I didn't get knocked out. I finished the NIS race, but I ran one right before the show, and there was about uh, 350 registered. So, guys, if you need any more proof that uh, iRacing is getting pretty mainstream, uh, you have to look no further than the L.A. Times, uh, the uh, the newspaper, the L.A. Times. They they featured an article about uh, the iRacing and the Pro Invitational series, uh, how last year it took over while the uh, regular season regular cars were actually suspended due to due to the pandemic and. Uh, you know how it's continued this year while the actual races are still going on they, they brought it back so uh they uh you know they must have seen the uh, potential in keeping the series alive even though you know these drivers are actually racing on weekends so uh it's a big big deal to be in the la times to have a have a you know full-blown article written about iRacing and uh, just goes to show you how mainstream it's starting to get do you think we see a uh a push in numbers again this summer with all these events going online? Do you think the numbers will shoot up again and trail off near 
the three to six month mark again. I think it all will depend on how much things can open up. Yeah, that's a that's a tough call, Greg. Um, it, it all this exposure, you know, might might get more people into it. Um, it would make sense if that would happen that way. Uh, but you know, just the the fluctuation and how everything's going down with reopening and everything else, it's it's kind of really hard to call. It won't be as big a bump as it was last year, probably, but uh, I think you'll get some increases for sure. I mean, last year, everything was locked down. All righty. Well, um, so uh, Steve Myers from iRacing uh, put out a tweet the other day uh, talking about Kyle Larson and how they actually used Kyle Larson to help uh, kind of with the uh, R&D for the Bristol Dirt Track and just getting his feedback on how the car and track should be and feel. And it seems like he did some pretty good for him. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's neat to see that Kyle is involved in the back-end beta help uh, with the dirt like he used to be um, before what, you know, everything that unfortunately happened last spring with Kyle. And um, and I didn't know that he was involved in the production, uh, but he's definitely, I mean, the cars drive really good on the dirt. Well, they don't drive good on the dirt, but they, they feel realistic and they feel like they should feel a real heavy car on a dirt track with banking. Um, what do you guys think about the model that iRacing put out? I mean, Steve Myers said here, this is a rare situation where we have literally zero data on how a car will perform on a new surface. So they just had to figure out what what should it feel like, you know, because they really haven't had the chance to try it. Yeah, I can only really speak to kind of some of the people who who have been in races with or have been watching the streams uh, when I'm racing. I know Morley has chimed in a few times saying he doesn't think it looked really realistic the the way you could drive the cars in and not necessarily put them all sideways all the time. Um, and I know just in, in the race today, Garrett Maines was talking about he, he just didn't like the track, but I, he didn't directly say it was modeling correctly. He just, he, I think he has the same issues that, that uh, the door bumper clear guys have is that it's not actually a dirt track. It's just a, it's a, it's a concrete track with dirt thrown on top of it, and it just doesn't work the same. Right. The difference in banking between the actual banking and the apron that's tough to manage in the dirt car because that's actually literally in the middle of the track. Next up, a new damage model development update from Alex Gustafson from staff posted a note saying iRacing is aware that the suspension on the current new damage model cars is weak in some situations. They are working on the problems on a car by car basis and will release updates when they're happy with testing results. So it's just kind of a, an official notice, uh, hey, if you're running a car with a new damage model, you know, uh, that could happen. Well, this isn't a new damage model incident, but it's definitely one of the strangest incidents I've ever seen. Don't know if it could ever be reproduced, but uh, this little YouTube video has some nice sound effects included with it. But this car blinks out and then just jumps into the bridge, uh, the overpass above it, and then bounces right back on top of the hood of the car that was trailing. It's almost like the car hit a landmine. It went up into the air, and he happened to be going under the bridge right at that moment. How mad would you be, David? That'd be one of the protest videos for sure, right? (laughs) (laughs) 
No, that would be a, just sending some support, saying, "Hey, this look at this weird crap that happened." Yeah, your protest and Iris. He'd still send something. <laughs> He'd still send something. Damn, even the new guy's getting in on this. <laughs> I like this guy. I'm just watching that for the first time, and oh my, I can't, I can't help but laugh at this. The original video did not have that sound effects. The sound effects make it even better. My question is: is what would, what would cause it to jump up? in any certain you know obviously it's a broken code but to actually do it there put the bridge and like you think the bridge wouldn't be completely solid like that as a coding but i guess maybe it is i don't know but that's just crazy well you know how every time a car blinks now they shoot out a puff of smoke so it has to be something related with that part of the coatings you know a long time ago that didn't used to happen when somebody was blinking it wouldn't kick out the smoke but it doesn't does it now it gets really distracting you can even think that there's a wreck happening if somebody's blinking really bad yeah it can get overwhelming this video was posted in the forums by azril nasli from asia a six-year member and uh his title on the forum post is the most terrified experience in vr if you've got vr pick one of the tracks like uh not laguna seca but lime rock and instead of taking the right hander after the start finish line just floor it and and try to go straight and keep your eyes open without blinking is that like a challenge it, it's it's you see the wall coming at you and you flinch all right now we're going to do some fontana news um and i wish i would have read this before now because uh they're doing a giveaway uh, on March 30th, which falls on my one-year anniversary of iRacing, and I just renewed my subscription the other day, so I uh, could have had a chance to win a free month's membership because they are doing this giveaway where they are giving away a Coca-Cola mini-fridge, uh, uh, Auto Club Speedway Victory Lane hat, and a year membership in iRacing. Uh, you can go to their post, and it has a link to fill out the form to be uh, entered in. Um, Damn, I wish I'd have seen this before now. You can still enter in if you win it. It'll add on to you every year. Yeah. Yeah, it'll just would have saved me next year. would have saved me about 120 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, if you're on this sim, and I don't know how long you've been on it, but you're going to be dumping a lot of money over time in it that you're going to enjoy. Oh, I've owned every car and every track in the sim, so I already know how it is. So they're going to be at this track uh, for the NASCAR guys next week. So that's what this is about. It'll be the last time we might see this track because they're going to, what, bulldoze it and turn it into a half mile or something? It sounds like from what Bobby was saying to us, it sounds like they're going to run probably one more race next year at the track because they didn't start working on it yet and and then rebuild and bulldoze it next year. So make it a 2023 project or opening almost. It's pretty much like everything, like how NASCAR had to push back their car, F1 pushed, everything just got pushed back a year. I mean, in what did L A and uh, California had like one of the stiffest um, lockdowns, didn't they? So they would have shut down all construction, needless construction projects. It was a combination of the lockdown and um, I believe is it Speedway Motorsports also just pulled back on their budget with everything going on. Is it SMI yeah, nice. that owns that track? No, well, it's yeah, it would be whatever. Bobby said it was something, it would have been under NASCAR's stuff, Isn't so that's why they would cut money. Yeah, I see. The one that's affiliated with NASCAR, yeah. Yeah. It'd be nice to have a proper send-off for this track. Um, you know, 
as opposed to if it ended this year and they just kind of stopped going to it. You know, they didn't never really had a final race there in its current configuration. So I kind of hope it does make it one more year. Well, and I, I, I haven't rate. We haven't obviously raced much with the package because I only went there once a year. But this package kind of is like driving like a restrictor plate there. I missed the old package when you had all that horsepower and you were doing, you know, 215 going down into the corner on turn one. And this track was really good with the horsepower. Yeah, I remember that. I always think of Greg Moore whenever I think of California. Yeah, it's kind of unfortunate that that's kind of a tie to uh, this track as well. One of Canada's greatest IndyCar drivers. I'm definitely going to miss this track. It's, uh, you know, high speed and doesn't matter what kind of car you put on it. It's going to put on a show, in my opinion. So I don't understand why this one's getting the X, but it is what it is. Do you think they'll keep this configuration as one of the actual choices? Or do you think so. they'll separate it, put this one as a legacy, and then separate legacy. it with separate it and have a new California or whatever the sponsor name is for the new California track? I imagine it'll still be Auto Club Speedway. Well, we're yeah, wondering though, if it's going to be a separate track within iRacing or just a separate configuration. I would kind say of, it would go like down as a legacy. Because it would be good to see, because even when you get to the new cars down the road, I would like to see what this track would be like with uh, a new cup car, the 2022 cup car. I can't wait for that car. <laughs> now, how soon after they release the new cup car, I think that iRacing will be on top of getting it into the system. Oh, we'll have it for Daytona 500 next year. Yeah, it, we may have be it before they the do. Per- yeah. yeah. The way things are going, it seems like that might be the case. I'm sure they'll probably use some of it for testing too later on. I mean, the BMW has not been actually built yet, right? Is it the is the GT4? No, no, the the GTE. They prototyped it in iRacing first. Right, that it was cool. It, it was the four. No, they put out oh. the iRacing car, and then they put then they released the production car later. Yeah, it's released, but it was you're right. It was first, um, but I think it's a, it, actually is it a, four, it was is a GT four or GT three? Oh, Maybe a three, a three. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say it's a three. Okay, AJ IndyCar. Yeah, so IndyCar finished up. Uh, I'm, I think by now they've finished up their second race at Homestead. But yeah, they were at Homestead tonight. Um, Alex Pelu trying to make it two for two, but uh, you got some some new guys coming in this week that didn't make it last week. I know Pagano, uh, Connor Daly uh, was. I think Will Power might be coming back this weekend. There there was a four or five uh, guys who didn't make it last week are going to be there tonight. Um, they put on a show last week. Um, I can only imagine Palu, that Homestead's Holmes, going to do do good too. What's that? Was the winner Palu, I think is his name, Ganassi? Yeah, yeah, Palu won there. Uh, McLaughlin tried to give him a run for his money, but Palu just had it. They had a pretty good battle coming to the end. Uh, McLaughlin tried to send it on the inside of turn one, and he held his line, but then so did Palu, and Palu ended up pushing him, not pushing him wide, but ended up getting the better line in turn two, and then McLaughlin went wide and lost it. Um, but out of that race, really the standout was probably Braden Eves. Uh, he's a Indy Lights driver, and he was in the race. He was he was catching Paulu at the end. I think he only ended up being about three and a half seconds back. But uh, some some young talent there coming up. I was wondering why they let him in the race, but uh, yeah, I guess that makes sense now. Yeah, he's one of the top lights drivers. You'll you're gonna see him, and probably 
maybe next year, as soon as next year, um, if not in two to three years, definitely. He's coming back from a pretty bad injury. Um, he, he suffered last year uh, a neck injury, but I think he's he's doing well and, and back to racing this year. Yep, and this Homestead race literally happened as we've been recording. I looked on my phone, the winner, Sage Karam, won it. That's uh, not a surprise. He's definitely on the sim a lot, so he's he's probably got one of the most practice out of anybody. He usually wins the road courses, though. I, you know, I wouldn't know him more as an oval guy, but I guess you know he's an all-around talent, right? Yeah. Yeah, you're right about the road, but I think just I think he takes a grip to eye racing. I think he just likes eye racing. Well, he's probably. I mean, last year he was competitive in all the races for the pro series so well look at what team he's he, one of the big teams packed, too till he packed in his toys and threw him in the threw him out of the sandbox is it team redline or one of those oh yeah is he is he affiliated with them he yeah, was then, last year yeah yeah then he's got uh got good setup help then too and good feedback okay pod, podcast housekeeping notes don't forget the aftermath podcast uh get it out there guys uh, don't forget our website, iRacersLounge.com, where you can see the show notes, literally what we look at while we talk on the show. And don't forget about Spotlights by Midwest Simulation. Uh, if you buy those from them, you can get 10% off if you use the coupon code iRacersLounge. Hey, Mike, also, can I s- yeah. Sorry, i just say one thing about the spotter lights, too. I don't know... Anybody that has an older version of their spotlights as well, he's updated the uh, the firmware for it, uh, and it now gives access to all the new light stuff for uh, the pit road. So you, when you go down pit, pit road, it'll flash in your flash on the monitor, or as as David and I, we have it in our uh, our VRs, um, and then. Um, it also will tell you when your fuel's low too, as well now too, even with the older models. So it's a nice addition with adding that uh, software with it. Cool. All right, and then Performance Motorsports Network. We're still on over there. Fantasy Brian. All right, guys. So uh, leading the board after this week at Atlanta is Res Dog. He's in top spot. Um, GI Jojo drops the fourth this week. He must have had a tough week or forgot to put his uh, put his picks in. Um, Adam, you're there right behind him at sixth, right? And yeah, uh, Greg's in ninth. Greg's in ninth. Not, I'm not still bad. in the same spot. <laughs> I didn't move. I- <laughs> <laughs> Bobby Jonas is in eleventh. Uh, Tony Groves thirteenth. Our, our uh, winner from last year. So he's got a lot of a lot of room to make up. He usually does really well closing out the season, so we'll keep an eye on him. He's in 13th with Chris Scales right behind him in 14th. Uh, Tony Rochette, 17th with Mike. You're in 18th right behind him. I'm marching forward. I actually did really good at Atlanta, but actually, Adam, you did a little bit better. You had 213 points. Yeah, that wasn't horrible. I'm using too many good picks, though. Got to back that down a bit. Yeah, I'm I, afraid I'm doing that too. The thing is, is what is a good pick right now? Like, <laughs> you what do we have? Six races in, six different winners. Like, how how do you have a favorite? I mean, obviously Larson's done really good in collecting points and stuff near the end of a race, but the rest of it's been a toss up through the whole field. Like, but if you notice, it's in groups. Like, 
three of the cars from Joe Gibbs run as well, then th and three of the cars from Hendrick, and then three of the cars from Penske, or the three cars from Penske, and then it scatters from there on. You think maybe that could be a product of no practice? Like maybe a certain team just kind of hits the hits the buttons just right one weekend, or maybe just driver preferences? Well, I think one of it's got to do with Chevy's car has gotten a lot better in the last year when they got that new nose and the more aerodynamic so, uh, for the back. Uh, when they made that car a lot more stable, they they gained some speed. But uh, it's just I find it odd that one, you know, Ford as a manufacturer, you got Penske's doing really good, but Stuart Haas has just kind of fallen off. They don't seem to have any pace, and I don't know. You know, obviously they work in different shops and stuff, but you'd think you'd think they'd be able to find something because Harvick's the only the only car in that stable that has had any decent finishes. And he hasn't really done that great this year. I mean, some of the tracks he's usually really well does really well. He's he's actually suffered. Las Vegas, he was terrible. Well, and he was picked to be one of the favorites for Atlanta. Like that's a track that he used to dominate on. Well, the series is always cyclic or cyclical you're gonna have people that struggle for half the season and then they'll come on later um you know you mentioned the new nose two years ago Hendrick couldn't do squat and now they're dominating and something will happen a half a year or a year from now that'll put them behind again everybody keeps figuring finding this trick or that trick or this edge or that edge that's just the cyclical nature of nascar and i don't want to i don't want to go too long on here because we got to get going but um I find it odd. I was kind of worried about Hen uh, Hendrick, you know, losing all their veteran drivers. They got Chase in there winning the championship, but it's just thought, I thought the dynamic would be a little bit weird having a whole young, there's no veteran there um, champion besides, you know, Chase got it late last, you know, got it last year. But I just think that I was worried about them and their speed this year has just been undeniable. You know, they've, I think they've been in top 10 every car. Um, almost every race this year if they're not in an accident. It's not just them. It's just that Stuart Haas has disappeared. Pretty much, which kind of helps them get extra positions too, right? That's the difference. Will this computer run iRacing? Not now. Okay, it's time to talk some hardware and software. I'll be picking up the first topic. We have a new hardware partner for iRacing. They are actually teaming up with Next Level Racing to make their own iRacing rig. And you can't see a whole lot of details in the picture, except that it's a, an 80-20, a, an or they describe it as 40-80 rig. But that's about all you can really see. Is this not a smart marketing idea to, you know, you want to be part of all parts of someone coming into your sim. Why not get a chunk of it with the rigs? Because that's one of the bigger parts where people are buying stuff from, right? I don't know. I, I kind of feel different about it. I, I don't know if this is why. I mean, why besides a, a grab for money? Um, you know, they're they're in the software business. There are so many different hardware manufacturers out there. Why align with just one of them, you know? Well, it's it's a marketing deal. You know, they're not really going to be taking any way away any of their resources. They're just... Uh, they're just selling the name. Selling the just sticker to, to, on the side of it. Yeah, yeah and what a, they got a platform that they can sell it on too right like it's they're they're not like take the risk isn't there for them they they're basically if this company next level which makes good stuff they're making a good product with their name on it they can promote like 
I bet you any money, as soon as the product comes out, you're going to see it on the side of the iRacing, you know, those, those banners on the main page, you're going to see them advertising for it. So why not? It doesn't cost them anything other than maybe some, you know, they got to put some money into it, but I'm sure they'll get their money back with this. And it's not like they're saying you can't run a 24 hour race unless you have their name on it and their permission, right? <laughs> Touche. <laughs> And uh, if you remember, iRacing partnered with a computer company uh, about six months ago or so. Yeah, that's where, true. Um, where they had that bundle package, iRacing bundle package that iRacing endorsed. So do you think the only thing that they not they haven't really – did they endorse a wheel on that one, Brian? I can't remember. Or was it just it, – it, They endorsed like the complete package. It was package. a package. Okay, that's what it yes. was. Yes. So you wonder not, if they, not any individual product. Correct. So they so they basically covered everything there. Now they've got the mo- they got the package, just to start in the software. You got the software, and now they're offering a rig, right? I really have, have haven't really heard a whole lot about that computer package since the week we Crickets. put it out. Yeah, I mean, not even not no no advertising on their website uh, since since that first week. So I don't know. That's that's a a different deal. I think a lot of people do their own thing nowadays or they go to those building sites and get a lot of that stuff done, right? It's, it's you know, that was a bare minimum package too, wasn't it? It was a starter's package. It was an entry level, yeah. Entry level, it wasn't anything high end, that's for sure. Speaking of not high end, how about a rig review? I wish Tony was here for this. Well, I wanted to. I wanted this transition too. You stole my transition yep. because I was going to ask Brian, could you use this rig to climb the ladder on iRacing? No, oh, God. Well, there you go. <laughs> That's so, the biggest right, dad guys. joke we've ever heard. <laughs> so this is a rig that uh, obviously some somebody custom made, and uh, what they did was they took uh, one of those little giant ladders, you know that. Uh, a-frame ladder when it's opened up it's lying flat on its side yeah little giant is the brand name (laughs) of the ladder uh it's laying it's laying on the side (laughs) laying on its side the seat is uh attached to the ladder on the bottom um it's got uh on the on the part of the ladder the a-frame that comes up towards the seat he's got his uh steering wheel mounted on that and he's got pedals inverted through the rungs of the top of the a-frame ladder so wow this is pretty pretty ingenious, I guess. I don't know how well it's going to work. It looks like it'd be tough to get in and out of. Um, the pedals are inverted in the position they're in, so that's kind of kind of neat. But uh, wow, what a what an interesting idea there. Anybody that's a wrestling fan, I'm guessing this isn't Matt or Jeff Hardy's uh, rig, is it? Anybody get that joke? It's a TLC rig. <laughs> it's interesting. I mean, it looks like it might work. Yeah, I think so. I guess it would. Um, they got it outside for some reason. I don't know if he's going to be racing it outside. I guess that's where they built it, but now they got to carry it in like that. Yeah, it's we're the... sorry. Okay, go ahead, go. We're we're missing uh, we're missing a monitor though. He could be yeah. VR. VR. Oh, VR. Sure, sure. Exactly. I just. Do you really want to use a ladder? Like, there's there's so many other things you could build it out of, but I guess I guess. You can do what you got there. I just, when you're racing there, do you not going to hit your knuckles off the uh, the ends of the ladder? Kind of looks like they're pretty close. And or just how the, stable would it really be? Well, in, there's some good adjustability, down. I'm sure, right? Like in and out, 
adjustability. Yeah, it's like adjusting every corner. <laughs> Can you imagine if you tipped that thing over? Because it could, like, you know, like leaning. It's a motion rig. Like Garrett Smith Lee last night. Is that what he did? Yeah, if you watched him, he was leaning into every corner. He's oh, yeah, break he does that. Yeah, he's normal like that. Okay, next listener, Eric Whiting, 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 sends in a couple stories to us. Uh, thanks, Eric. Uh, the first one was SimLab is selling D-Box, uh, 4250i G3 haptic system, uh, 8,699 euros uh, for a 1.5-inch actuator size. Um, if you go to the 3-inch, holy cow, 26,779 euros. Some now, I love Sim Labs, but uh, you wow. You can't honestly awesome. think that this stuff... It should be that expensive still nowadays. Like you think it would be coming down, like twenty six thousand dollars for. That's a lot of money. It's even going to buy a real race car at that point. Even nine thousand is a lot of money. So Brian, you you're you got familiarity of these systems. You you own them. You've spent money on them. You've handled them. What's different? I mean, why is this twenty seven thousand and the one you have is a lot less? Um, I'd be, I'd be hard pressed to tell you. I mean, supposedly from things I've read, the, the fidelity on these is, is a little bit more crisp and, and more accurate from, um, uh, from the information they're getting from the SIM. But I mean, is, uh, you know, my system was like $2,500, you know, I can't, can't, I, the fidelity is not going to make up that much difference. In, no. in what I'm looking at here, I just don't I don't see the value in that. Um, other than you know, just to say you got the the top of the line most expensive thing out there. I don't I don't know. Well, if you do, you change it to the uh, two thirty volt. It's another thousand dollars on both of them. <laughs> Holy cow! How do you justify the thousand dollars just to go from one kind of voltage to another? That just alone is is a, a ripoff. Well, that just that means you've got more power available. Okay. Well, that's that's just going what two forty. Yeah, it's just like a that's just the higher end line, right? Yeah. If you're carrying the same current at a higher voltage, you've got more power. Thanks, Bill. All right. Next up on the list here, we've actually got Erickson and another uh, product here. It's the G track. It's the next level racing G track. Uh, just the frame alone, uh, no seat. Um, I, and I can speak for this. I have this, except for mine came with the seat. It is an amazing rig. It is so sturdy. Well worth the money spent. You have this rig. Yes. Just I, mine came with the seat for another, well, for a total of $900. Now, it almost looks from the picture, it's on casters or something. It's got pegs or it's casters, either ones you want to put in. This is a stationary cockpit. It's made out of metal. Uh, looks like, you know, rectangular or square frame metal. Um, what do you think about sturdiness you know with a direct drive wheel kyle is it is it you know rock solid do you have any flex or uh it, the the amount of flex it has is unnoticeable i mean it is just a very small amount you I mean you really gotta tug down on the wheel stand to get it to even flex you know a quarter inch it's built very strong and it withholds the direct drive wheel really well so this is the company that iRacing has teamed up with. So is, do we expect this might be perhaps the cockpit that they announce uh, 
uh, quarter two, or you? They did say it was going to be eighty forty, right? Yeah, it doesn't look anything like what's in that little teaser picture. Yeah, no, this is all just a steel frame tubular, oh. not tubular, but square tubular. And that one's those probably... wheels are. I want for the bottom of my rig because mine's just a metal frame just sitting on the floor. Casters. Yeah, those share casters. I've got a set if you want them. <laughs> yeah. Is yours an eighty twenty rig, Adam? No, it's steel race car tubing. Ah. Get yeah, you a you nice rug. Mine came with yeah. casters. You could get it with either the casters or the feet. Yeah, but you, you want to get you one more in? Movers? I don't really know, but I I slide it around a little if I need to adjust it or clean. Um, I will say though, with this rig, uh, another nice thing about it is they have their um, motion platform. You can actually connect and add to it, and completely make this uh, whole frame motion rig. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, Kyle, but I think Next Level Racing is really known for that uh, platform that you put underneath the rig that gives it a slip uh, left to right on the rear, right? Correct. Now they've also got an attachment for the front too, to give it full motion. I was gonna say. What would that feel like when you broke that uh, Baja tr or the uh, dirt truck with the back end sliding around there like it was broken, Mike? That would be cool. I think that platform teamed up with the G5 uh, motion seat from Sim Experience might be a pretty cool combo. There you go, David. I'm tempted, but uh, not now. Maybe in a year or so. We'll see what comes out. Uh, we do have another uh, product, Sim Lab. Usually we think of them as a little bit higher end, but they are working on the affordable side as well. And they've come up with their own version of basically just a wheel stand for just 79 euros. Also, um, you can add on a seat attachment to it for another 179. It's a pretty good bang for your buck to start off with. Yeah, it's definitely a smaller profile level, but uh, it, um, you know, SimLab puts out good quality. You know what they need to... Like something like this, you need to be able to like maybe, I guess 8020 is the best to do it from and start off with something and then, you know, upgrade as you go and add to it. But, you know, they need to have like, like if you have something like this, somebody buys it, you don't want it to, you know, maybe to not deter people from buying something like this, like trying to get something better, but have some good attachments and stuff to upgrade it down the road if you really want to or something like that. Well, that's what I was just thinking. I mean, if you wanted to add a shifter or a keyboard tray or a mouse or a you know anything else you're pretty much hosed you're basically building it out of ladders and wood <laughs> results let's talk nis atlanta i ran uh, friday open p14 Ran back half of the top 10 most of the night. Great run. Uh, we had two green flag runs in a row and then some cautions near the end. I was ninth on the final restart and choked and literally slipped back to 14th. So didn't get the result of how I ran. David, P24. Yeah, I, I couldn't avoid an early wreck and was just limping around the rest of the race with damage. Um, not much else to say. Tony Rochette, he said, can I stop being wrecked, please? So I don't know how he ran. Sunday open, David P23. Is this the one I loaded the wrong? Oh, I, I didn't load the wrong set, but we went a different way with the set and it just did not work in the long run. Uh, I had done some 
testing with it and had talked myself out of running the one that had worked really well and it just it wouldn't hold up i'm sorry okay and then tom dryling he crashed he said he couldn't miss them tony rochette he parked it against uh gut went with another set ended up two lap down with no recovery so just parked it and then kyle uh you said started p4 yeah started p4 uh kept it in the top 10 pretty much all race long um other than the pit cycle uh we came to green white checker i uh, came out in p1 uh but i just couldn't hold off the eight car and uh he had more of a run that i would have caused more of a wreck so, to, so i didn't block him so i took it home with a p2 man you're on a streak right now of top fives aren't you i have been i've had one bad race but that wasn't too bad well I done guess, i guess i must have not put my uh, results in from friday night uh i finished uh fifth at atlanta um and that setup was really good on the long run and that's where i i was just so patient with the tires to start off with and it was just that much better if you were if you had tires in the end and uh we got a long i think it was i want to say it was 85 laps to finish the race um and i was able to run down fifth i was in the top 10 most of the race but i was able to some guys pitted real early and you know when they pit real early you you're you got some time you have to make up if uh they got like five or six laps on you so i ran them down eventually and was able to with a lap to go to make a pass for fifth and that was a hard fought fifth okay sunday fixed i ran p14 was running 24th when the green flag stop started and i somehow cycled out to 12th after that and got my way up to as high as fifth before somebody ran over the back of me and then i fell to the last car in the lead lap again ran better than i got a finish aj uh, we already talked about your win what else do you want to talk about p1 in your first start well done yeah that's uh that was the only nis race i did i was not getting back out there i'm run away with that win um but yeah it was a fun race um the only other, i did run a indie pro race but if you want to continue with the nis stuff i can touch on that in a minute okay and then steven yeah yeah well how'd you do adam uh, well, let's just say let's just say I had a mechanical failure and just pulled off the track. Okay, we'll keep I, it simple. I, I want, I want, I want to know. <laughs> he he ran the set. He talked me into running. The one that Tony had to park to. Yeah, I think yeah, we had we... a transmission failure. So something <laughs> happened. <laughs> okay, uh, Stephen Lou Allen he wrecked out on Sunday fixed. Uh, Tyler uh, P fourteen. Um, Tyler uh, ran with us. Um, I, I'm doing that by memory. Uh, he didn't put his result in here. And then Kyle, P4. Yeah, I started uh, P2. Uh, got a caution on that 23. Came out of the pits uh, in P3 behind the driver with old tires who didn't pit. Um, he got wrecked and collected me. Uh, so I pitted for repairs. Uh, went one lap down, back to 29th. Um, I still fought back. I ended up getting the lucky dog on lap 58 and battled my way back up to a P4 finish. Wasn't too bad. Wow. Really good week for you there at Atlanta. I think I have found my track. There you go. Yeah, you're looking good there. Bristol Dirt, David Hall, P wrecked out, Wednesday open. Yeah, I uh, had a couple of good A open results and was feeling confident. Went into this one, was doing okay. I overcooked it one time, got sideways, and got T-boned by somebody unable to avoid. Uh, 
and then towards the end, I was doing pretty well, just hanging in there around 12th or so. And uh, this particular driver who has no problem saying all kinds of things themselves, he, he spins and completely clobbers my car and blackballs it, or meatballs it. And um, that's uh, that was pretty much it. Tom Dryling, P18, was not comfortable at the beginning of the race, learned a lot. Look forward to Sunday to use what I've learned. My race, P4, guys, my best result of the year in this series. I can't believe it came at Bristol Dirt. I qualified P4, surprised by that too. Ran top five all night. I got 12X basically in the first 20 laps. Man, I was worried about that. Then with about 30 to go, I finally hit 18X and had to do a drive-through. I was 19th at that point and I drove it up to fourth in two short runs there near the end. Now, uh, former host and teammate of, uh, of this podcast, Will Gibson actually watched my stream and put up on Twitter, um, that last restart, you made up a ton of spots. No one wanted to run the fence. And and that's what happened is everybody was just kind of on the bottom. So I just went around the outside of them and, and I just drove up through there and I am stoked about Friday night uh, to see if I can get a win. I, um, I didn't put my results in, but I ran the truck series the other day and I haven't had a top five since well, first second week of the season and i got a top five in the truck series at bristol in the dirt well done uh, another top five tony rochette uh, he got p5 he said hung out in the top five 99 percent of the race which was about 65 percent pacing but when we did go green we had a lot of fun he did run with chris which ended up running third a great run for chris thursday open david wrecked yeah, I was doing well running top 10 most of the race. Uh, uh, coming to the four wide on a restart, I was trying to avoid the car to my inside that because I was the third car and got up into the car on the wall. Nothing he could do. Not, I don't really know I could do much either. But then a car just that T-boned me then decided to stay in the gas and push me over. He just kind of drove through you, right? Yeah, he just drove through me. Um, and once I was upside down, I had to tow and lost three laps. Ended up finishing 19th. And then I missed the race. I'll tell you briefly why. I basically turned on my computer and no video. Triples are black. I can't see anything. Um, I don't know what's wrong. I try. I remote in with my phone and try to install the graphics driver and it won't install. There's no driver installed and no video card in device manager. So I missed the race. I eventually fixed it today by reseating the SIM card or the graphics card. I mean, I, I took it out of the computer. I put it back in. I reinstalled the driver and it worked. But man, I was it sucked. I had to miss the race. Uh, I'm not happy about that. Tony Rochette, P3, top four car all race, but was a little bit conservative on the final laps, waiting for the leaders to hit the wall and slide under them. Bristol dirt is way better than actual Bristol. I don't know about that. I like it. I I, I was going forward, not backwards, uh, surprisingly. So people just um, hate Bristol because of the cautions. Oh, like it wasn't already still a caution fest. But that's what the original reason that people dislike Bristol a lot. All right, let's talk other official Kyle. A open. 
Um, so we're going to start off with Atlanta on, I believe it was Saturday night or Sunday. I can't remember. Uh, started in P2 and watched leader just drive off. And uh, I thought there was no way I was going to catch him. But uh, I hung with it. We went through a pit cycle and uh, came out about 11 seconds behind the leader. So I even lost more time to him. And uh, I just decided to kind of sit back and save the tires a little bit. Hopefully I could, you know, catch him while he ran his tires out. Well, it worked out in my favor. With about 15 to go, I caught him and ran him down. And on lap 12 or 12 laps to go, I ended up passing him for the lead. And I ran off to a four-second lead before we took the checker flag to get the win. Wow. Well done. I mean, you lo- you're loving Atlanta. Oh, yeah. And then today, I decided to make my one and only start at Bristol. Uh, started off uh, P6. Didn't... Uh, didn't feel I was going to do like great, and uh, well, I think I was on the wall more than I was actually making good laps, but I ended up coming out with a P3 at the end of the race. Well done. How was the incidents? Uh, uh, I walked away with 16 incidents. Right at the limit. Right at the limit, yeah. David, you're all sprint. Yeah, it had been a while that I had been sitting on that 99th win, and then finally uh, we come to a track that I love, Sebring, and boom took the win number 100 number 100 posted a nice burnout video with a with a new smoke where I, I i just drove it all the way down the straightaway with it just creeping it was a fun burnout that new smoke is sweet huh yeah it is and the, the picture you can barely see the car it gets so thick i bought a new track hockenheim and I ran the Dallara jet car is what I call it. I don't know why I call it that. I don't like Dallara IR01. It just doesn't roll off the tongue. It doesn't type out well in chat either. So we're going to call it the Dallara jet car because every good car needs a name, right? But I finished uh, P2. Sounds good, huh? But there were only two drivers in the race. So I actually uh, finished dead last in the same race. But uh, yeah, so participation is a problem in this series. Apparently, because this is, uh, you know, nine o'clock uh, Pacific on a weeknight. You know, I'd expect maybe six or seven drivers could run, but no, there were two. So I don't know how this experiment is going to go if that's the participation I'm seeing. Yeah, I don't think iRacing thought uh, that participation would drop that low. It's hard, trust me. You know, I didn't, I can't finish the, the freaking race because I wreck, you know, but. I'm trying, you know, it's, it's a blast. It's still probably going to eventually be their best option for a world championship open wheel. Do you think maybe it's uh, too difficult to drive? Is that maybe why people aren't gravitating towards it or staying with it? Yeah, well, that definitely is. Yeah, it's definitely what hurts the 87 car quite a bit as well. It's what hurts the asphalt sprint car or whatever that thing is, too. It's yeah. also what hurt the F1 car when it came in, just the difficulty of it. But not every, you know, not every car is going to end up being IMSA with with 300 people signed up at prime time. So it'll be good for leagues. There'll probably be a time when they pick a strength of field race, something along those lines. And I, I, I could see them building a ladder up to eventually having a world championship with this car. Okay, leagues. Uh, Monday night, fast track sim racing league. Steven Llewellyn, DNF. He was involved in the first caution. It's really a racing incident. Uh, Tom Dryling was also caught up in that, so he did not finish the race either. 
Uh, I did. I got a P6. Uh, two early cautions and two green flag stops in a row in the middle of the second green flag. Uh, there was a caution. I ended up having to take a white wave by and then fighting for the lucky dog. And I got it. And another caution. Uh, P7 uh, on the lead lap. I gained one more spot. I had nothing for the leaders. I really needed track position to get anything better. But uh, heck, I'm doing really good in this league and loving the finishes. Uh, Premier Race Network Cup. Uh, Tom Dryling, P9, ran top 10 all race, was fighting for a top five. A late race yellow, I got passed on the short run. Gridfinder is your go-to source for finding your next sim racing league. Currently home to over 450 leagues across all gaming platforms and across 10 different racing sims, including over 80 iRacing leagues. Filter your search by racing sim, car class, race day, and region. Finding a league to fit your schedule has never been this easy. Visit www.grid-finder.com to find a league or upload your own. Gridfinder. Gridfinder.com. The home of online sim racing leagues. And final thoughts, Adam Jocelyn. Well, um, I've been knocking on the door of this B car all season, and we've had front row starts pretty much every week and clicking off top fives. And out of my 1,700 starts on iRacing, I didn't have a B car win up till, well, and I had 443 poles and 407 wins. Well, I think the trend here is if I start on the front row and get a pole, I get a win. Well, Texas today started on the pole and got my first B car win. Well done, finally. Yeah. Monkey's off the back. The floodgate is open, so they say. Yeah, we moved up to 13th in points. Maybe we can move up in the top five here and start chasing it for a championship. Okay, AJ Pritchett, final thoughts. Well, I just want to say thank you again, guys, for having me here. Um, if I'm going to leave anybody with anything, it'd be a little piece of advice for any new new iRacers is be patient. I, uh, for example, I started a race dead last um in the Indy Pro series, I was the number 15 car, only 15 cars in there. I was in a split that I totally didn't belong in, and I was patient, ran my laps, and, of course, half the field wrecks out. So I came home with a P7. So be patient, guys. You will get your results. That's right. Stay in it, even if you're having a bad race. Brian McCubbin, final thoughts. Well, I got an email today that I should get my headset back on Saturday, so I haven't been able to race since the last show. Um so uh, I, I'll probably do the double at Bristol on Sunday, the open and the uh, fixed in the evening. So hopefully I'll get both of those races in. Uh, it sucks that I missed Atlanta because it's one of the tracks I really like to. I wish you could have broke doing Darlington or something like that. But um, So, yeah, so just waiting to get back into the, rig, into the rig and back into the game. All right, I hope it comes in time so you can try Bristol before it's over. Yep. David Hall, final thought. I'll kind of jump on the same bandwagon as AJ on the being patient uh, with a little bit more of a negative tone. It blows my mind every time I start the uh, Sebring races, how there's three or four of the 217s at the front that have to win on turn one, come in dive bombing and just going nuts. It, I just, I don't understand why they won't learn. You cannot win on lap one. Age, it's a tale as, as old as time on iRacing. It's, that's, it's why it's, that's why it's a meme. Yeah, every lap. It's just every lap. Did you win yet? 
they just they go in there they'll jump the restarts uh actually i had a successful protest on that this guy jumped a restart and took another guy out right in front of me it didn't affect me but i uh both me and that guy gave him a nice little uh uh paperwork trail because you can't win it on lap one and they just they don't get it in their head i think burley had the same thing happen too with in his gte class with guys diving into that corner okay greg hectus final thoughts uh i haven't done much racing again this week but uh i got a couple uh days to relax here because uh my daughter had a cold at school and protocol says if there's anything they got to send them home and get a covid test so i'm waiting on the results of her covid test for her allergies and uh so i have to be off work until she gets a, a negative test um so I was always off today and um, been working on a lot of this podcast stuff. I got that all done. <laughs> had uh, had a lot of time during the middle of the night free last night and was able to stay up. Um, but I've, one of the things that I've actually, best purchases that I've just recently got, I bought myself a, a drawing tablet, a 16-inch drawing tablet. And this thing is so easy to draw, to paint things, to come up with anything uh with it it's it's been a great addition to my uh, studio here so uh just uh looking forward to it. tomorrow i'm going to spend all day in the, in the uh two uh in the lmp2 racing with uh morley during the afternoon uh and getting some time at sebring uh, in that car for uh saturday okay i look forward to uh, doing the 12-hour race with david and uh richie hearn okay very good kyle Pendygraft, final thought um, actually, I'm going to give a, a little um, announcement for a league that I've actually just started up. Uh, it's in conjunction with the IROC Challenge Series. It's going to be the IROC Road Course Series. So if you are an open wheeler that loves to uh, get out there and run the F3s, um, get with me. And um, well, I'll see about getting you signed up. We are recruiting. It's just going to be 90-minute races, 12 races long uh, season. It'll start up on uh, May 4th on Tuesdays. And uh, would love to hear from you and get some people to join. Uh, you can reach me at Lapital Gaming on Facebook and on Twitter as well. All right, very cool. We'll be talking more about that as we get closer to it. Thanks, Kyle. My final thought: uh, Wow, Bristol Dirt is a lot more fun than I thought it would be. I was struggling until David gave me some really good tips on setting up the wheel. I think you said sensitivity to 700 and cut the force feedback in half. And uh, wow, that made a huge difference. Yeah, that could be, I guess, a tip out for everybody out there. Uh, in dirt, it just seems easier to recover and control all of the sliding if you're able to snap the wheel back and forth and really saw it without worrying about overcorrecting. So if you, if you turn down the sensitivity on the wheel, it gives you an even smaller steering ratio than iRacing will allow you to have. And it was like a switch that went off. All of a sudden, I was fast. All of a sudden, I could get around the track without seesawing from one side to the other kind of thing. And so uh, thank you, David, because that really made a difference, I think, in how I ran this week. And so uh, P4 Wednesday, man, I can't wait till uh, tomorrow night and try to better that and see if I can get the best finish of the year. And with that, we'll see you on the track later. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure you go to subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.